out of my message now is I feel like traveling on. So let's find out what the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed. And he went out not knowing whether he went. By faith he sojourned in the land of promise, as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed, and was delivered of a child when she was past age, because he judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore sprang there even of one, and of him as good as dead, so many as the stars of the sky in multitude, and as the sand which is by the seashore innumerable. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, and were persuaded of them, and embraced them. They grabbed a hold of it and held on for dear life and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. And truly, if they had been mindful of that country from which they came, they might have had opportunity to have returned. But now, they desire a better country that is an heavenly Wherefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he hath prepared for them a city. Father, for the next few minutes, take this scripture, enlighten it upon my heart and my mind. Help me to preach for a little while on this last Wednesday night for a little while. God, bless us and touch us and minister to us, and we'll give you all the praise and the thanks for it. One of praise songs. I feel like traveling on. Uh, Brother Collins is going to sing just before I preach tonight on, what was that? Got on, got on my shoes and I feel like a traveler. I was going to have him kick off my message for me tonight. But I'm preaching tonight on, I feel like traveling on. And I want you to know that if I don't even get to preach none of this message tonight that I plan on preaching, I want you to know that deep down on the inside of my heart, there is a far country calling me Deep down on the inside of my heart, and I'm not talking about heaven right now. Deep down on the inside of my heart, there's little churches, and there's little pastors, and there's little congregations that are so far out in the sticks that I'll never find a place to hook up to electricity from a trailer. There's places that I'll have to carry drinking water in order for us to even fill up the tank on that trailer. There's little old places out in the boondocks that when something goes wrong on that trailer, It'll be weeks before I ever get any place where I can get it fixed. If, 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 it had, uh, if I'd have thought very long about it, I might have been mindful to bought me a nice home here in Hamilton to got me it all fixed up and started making payments and to call this home base for the rest of my life. If I had been mindful and thought just a little bit about it, I wouldn't have gone to all the trouble of having Brother Smith get my truck already put another gas tank in that truck and got me a going. I wouldn't have done it if I'd have been mindful and thought about it. 
You see, a lot of folks, God puts a calling upon their life. They, he places something deep down on the inside that only for them, he wants them to do it. Not everybody can evangelize across this United States. There ain't everybody that can drive a truck and drive a trailer and leave family behind and go to these little places. And God wants me to do it. It would have been easy for me to sit here and to sit. I'd rather stay here with, uh, with uh, uh, Rick. I'd rather stay here with Bo. And I'd rather stay here with Mike. And I'd rather stay here with Mark. And who knows? Five years from now, 12 years from now, one year from now, God may get a hold of my heart and lead me back this direction. But for right now, there's a call ringing out across the interstate, 75 and 65 and 40. Interstate's running out 30 all across this place. 57s are yelling at me in interstate 55. And I want you to know something. My trailer's a quaking and my truck is a shaking. My saxophone can't hardly wait to be loaded up. Why, Brother Hyder, you want to leave us that bad? No, no, no. If I had been mindful, I'd stay right here with you. But I want you to know I had to turn off the sign. I had to turn off the glory. I had to turn off the good things going for me and turn on the call ringing across the road to go back out and evangelize for Jesus Christ. What are you saying? I'm saying that a long time ago, there were some people that was pressed financially. They were pressed spiritually. They were pressed mentally. They were bound on a little old European continent. They were bound in a little bitty old country by the name of England. The king was in full reign. The king was in full rule. There was the poor people remained poor. The rich people remained rich. There was no land to be bought. There was no expansion to be had. If you wasn't up there, then you were down there and that's all there was to it. But something on the inside of a few of them people said there's got to be something on the other side. There's got to be something. I don't know if God placed the calling in their life to break from that old rule of the king and go to religious freedom or not. But there was something on the inside that started to burn, that started to turn. And these people said, I'll sell my home. I'll sell my goods. I'll get rid of everything that I've got. We'll take the bare necessities. We'll take just what little bit we need. We'll put the children under one arm. We'll put the suitcase under the other arm. Mama will carry a few pots and pans, and we'll strike out. Where were they going? You can read it in the history books. I just finished reading one about it. They jumped on a ship that was called the Mayflower. The conditions were terrible. They died on the way, but there was something on the inside of those blessed people that said there is something waiting for me on the other side of this boat. There's something waiting for me on the other side of this water. Bless your heart. He was called out of Ur of the Chaldees, took a wife out with him, sold everything that he had, bought him a tent, dwelled in tents and tabernacles like skid roll bones. No proof over his head as such. No fine beams, no fine structures, no swimming pools in the backyards, no, no bass boats out on the lake. He had no opportunity to carry all of these weights because Abram dropped every weight that so easily beset him and started running. Running for what? He didn't see a thing. All he could see was horizons of sand. All he could see was the sky with its clouds overcast as it met the 
the horizon, out in the distance. Nothing to look for, nothing to see with the naked eye, nothing to hear with the naked ears, nothing to experience with the hand, but there was something down on the inside of him that looked above the horizon, that looked above the cloud, that looked above the turmoil. I know there'll be 16 people at the church in Kentucky. I know at the church in Arkansas, they only run nine. I know that it's not very big, but on the other side of the dark cloud, on the other side of the horizon, on the other side of the storm-tossed sea, there is a land, there is a place, there is a mansion, there is a builder whose maker is God, and it's for those that keep up pushing, that keep up going, that do not get stagnant, that do not sit and hang their hearts in the willow tree, but keep going forward, you can't see it, you can't touch it, you can't smell it, but my God, by faith, I know it's standing, I know that it's built, I know that the angels inhabit it, and I know that God's got one with my name over the door. I'm preaching to you about I feel like traveling on. If you're satisfied with your house, I feel sorry for you. If you think I'm satisfied with 35 feet of trailers and four wheels on the ground, you're badly, you are badly mistaken. <laughs> but I'm satisfied with it right here because I'm a dwelling, I'm a moving. You see, not everybody can evangelize, but just because you can't race all over the country does not mean for you to fold your arms and to cross your legs and get stagnant sitting in your home church. Did you hear what I just said? It does not mean to lollygag your life away, depend upon somebody else to bring your blessing, depend on somebody else to read your Bible, depend upon somebody else to pray your prayer, depend on somebody else to attend your revivals, to depend on somebody else to pay your tithes. You cannot do that. You are a pilgrim. It's when you get adjusted that you start to backslide. It's when you become satisfied that you start to backslide. It's when you become so carefree that you lose out with everything that God's got good for you. Did you hear what I said? Pray for me, wife. Hallelujah. Now listen, listen, listen. Them pilgrims left it all behind. The first thing you've got to understand is you've got to be ready to go. <laughs> oh, I'm glad that everybody uh, can't be an evangelist. I'm glad that somebody didn't take up the, the road and hit it for me. I'm glad that God chose me and that God called me. And in case you didn't know it, I feel a revival fire burning down on the inside of my soul. You see, you got to have that. That's part of it, too. There, there's a, there's a certain preachers when you get there, uh, certain evangelists, when they get there, they'll, they'll get up and they'll say, Now, I didn't bring revival with me. Well, I did. I am. That's what I'm there for. I didn't pack a revival in my suitcase. Then you better unload some of the stuff in your suitcase. <laughs> You're too crowded. You've got too much. Revival is the business. Spreading the gospel is the name of the game. And if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. If I've got the call, I'm going to heed the call. I'm going to obey the call. I'm going to walk worthy of that 
call. I'm going to be a pleasing servant to the Lord Jesus Christ. No matter what your call is, it might be staying in a choir, teach a Sunday school class, top up the paper wonder, be an elder, Brother Hughes, whatever your call is, be the best elder, the best typer, be the best choir leader that you can possibly be, and God will be pleased with it. Hallelujah. Listen, those pilgrims, they four things they had to do to get ready. Number one, they had to break all ties with home. Number two, a lot of them changed their name. Number three, a lot of them, they were in such despair when it all came about that they, they had to get revived before they could even start the journey. And, and, and number four, they had to have the vision. They had to have the vision. Everybody ain't going to get saved. Every young person that I preach to, all the young men, they're not going to get a haircut. All the young ladies that I preach to, they're not going to quit looking like Farrah Fawcett. They ain't going to do it. Now they ain't going to do it. But some of them are. Some of them are. Did you hear what I said? You've got to be willing to break ties with back home. My mama cried and cried and cried when I said, I'm leaving here, Mom. I'm leaving the highway. She just cried. She said, it's been a long time since me and your daddy had to worry about you. She said, you've been there, and you've been in Texas, and you've had a steady income, and, and folks have been good to you. And she said, we came. They came to Texas and checked it out, and they come up here and checked it out. You thought they were just coming for a vacation, didn't you? Bless your heart, they had a whoop you if you hadn't been nice to me. They come up here. They were checking it out. She said, we've checked it out. Are you sure? that you know what you're doing. I had my mind made up. And Mom said, well, I, I, just, I just can't understand it. I just can't. I, she said, you won't get to come home so often. That's right. That's right. But when you start off on this journey, you've got to break ties with back home. You've got to break those old acquaintances. You've got to break those old heartfelt throbs in order to launch out and do something new for Jesus, in order to step up and do something different for him. It's when we get so caught up with the past and we get so wrapped up in yesterday that we can't take time to seek God today. Therefore, there is no tomorrow, and we've got to have a tomorrow. There has to be another church. There has to be some more young folks. There's got to be some folks having revival. The churches across the land, the majority of them, does not know what it's like to have the reign of God fall in the rich. They don't know what it's like to have an altar service. They don't know what it's like to see young folks slain in the spirit, run up and down the aisles. My God, if we get away from it now, 15 years, they will never have it anymore. You have got to break ties in order to do something. I hear some of the young folks think about going to camp. I mean, going to Bible college. It's going to be different. Bye-bye, Mama. Bye-bye, Daddy. Hello, campus. Hello, four walls. Hello, report. Hello, term papers. Hello, Dean. You know I'm telling you the truth. It's going to be different. Well, what do you suggest? I suggest that if it's a heartfelt burden and you feel like God's placed it on your heart, then say, Hello, four walls. 
saying, Hello, Dean, I'm here to go farther with God than I have ever been in my life. I wish I could have gone. I wish I could have. God called me straight off of the college campus, straight into the pulpit. I love to go on and learn about the book of Revelation. You notice I don't hardly ever preach in it because I don't hardly know nothing about it. Right. Them folks that don't know nothing about it still preaching it worries me. When I don't know nothing about it, I leave it alone. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. That's good preaching, ain't it? If you don't know nothing about it, shut your mouth. <laughs> Glory. I told them in Texas. I said, I don't know much about the book of Revelation, but I'll tear the rest of them up. I'll work in the rest of them. I'm frank with you. I don't know what all the horses are actually going to do. I really don't know what they're all going to do in Revelation. I, I, I really don't know. I know I ought to know, but I, I'd know if I sat down a minute, but I don't know what all the horses are going to do. And I can't tell you which bile is going to be poured out in which direction yet. I can't tell you. But I sure can tell you this one thing, that the Bible said you've got to be holy, and the Bible said you've got to be sanctified. So if it's okay, I'll leave the prophecy preaching to the folks that really study prophecy, and I'll stick with the basics, because the majority of our churches have got to wrap up in some of the other that they have left the old landmarks. They've left the old time. They've left the old paths. Did you hear what I said? Oh, God, you've got to break ties with that home, and you've got to launch out on this journey. Some of them changed their name before they ever got to the new world. Abram was now changed to Abraham. Some of the pilgrims changed their name before they hit the continent, and I had a name change. I used to be Joey Dale Height Sinner. I got saved, changed my name, got a new vision. It began to be Brother Joey Dale Height Christian. That's the name change that everybody could live with. And you don't even have to go down to the courthouse to get it verified. Some folks are trying to make it to heaven and have never changed the name yet. There's a lot of folks that are just trying to go on their good works, trying to go on their good deeds, trying to go on their good life, trying to go on their good attitude, trying to go on their good, 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 and forgot that they have got to be covered by the blood of Jesus. You have got to be saved. You have got to be washed. You have got to be set apart. You have got to be a brand new creature. You will not be the same after you leave this altar as you were when you got there. If you contact Jesus, there has to be a change in your life. Did you hear what I said? You've got to be ready to go. You've got to be ready. The name change. You've got to have the vision. And then there's some basic things that I'm not going to talk very much on. You've got to have the right kind of clothes when you're going to take a journey. Oh, come on, it's the last night. You've got to have the right kind of clothes if you're going to take a journey. I told you about when I went to Colorado hunting. I thought I had everything that I needed. I didn't, unless my brain was on <laughs> Or I never went. Well, I took a vacation to Colorado one time before that. Got out there and just took the shirt and pants and, and it was cold. We rented a jeep at Duray, went up on one of the mountains in one of them jeeps, got up there, and it was snow up there. I knew it was getting colder all the way up, but I figured you'd see a jeep and snow up there. I like the sun. I like the sun. Didn't have nearly enough clothes on. Are you ready? Are you ready or not? No wonder some of the churches are looking like they look. No wonder some of the folks are doing what they're doing. No wonder Carnality's running rampant across this land. 
No wonder Lot is taken over our prayer meetings. No wonder lasciviousness has taken over our fast meetings. No wonder things are looking bad. I've never seen nothing like it in my life. You think folks uh, thought that they were going to live here forevermore, forgetting that we're on a journey, forgetting that we're on a pilgrimage, forgetting that we're going someplace, and you have got to have the right kind of clothes on if you're going to make it. And I'm not just talking about the outward clothes right now, but the way some folks' spirits are, the way some folks' attitudes are, the way some folks profess to be Christians get up every morning, their outlook on life is enough to freeze them to death. No wonder their face looks like they slept in a freezer. Your attitude matters a lot. What you have on the inside matters a lot. Your outlook matters a lot. A lot of folks that step inside a little old church with 15 and say, that's God, ain't nothing here to preach to. Hallelujah. 15 is better than 14. And I've preached to 14 before. I'll be a crowd when I get there. If I even run 15, it's how you look at it that really matters. Now, you can look at this as a win tonight, the last night, and Brother Hyde to leave it, if you can work up a tear. <laughs> Brother Hyde to leave it, he's not going to get to be there no more. And, and you can look at it like that and sit there and sob and miss out on the blessing of God. Or you can close off your pity and close off your poor, uh, poor, pitiful us attitude and look out across the horizon and try to shoot for the same city that I'm going to. You can try to shoot for the same mountain that I'm going to. It's all the way that you look at it. It's all the way, all the way that, uh, that, that it stops Sure, I'm sad about going. I hate to leave. Sure, I do. I love Brother Collins. I'm beginning to get along with Sister Collins better. Sure, I can't hardly stand to go. Like Brother Robin and Sister Robin. Like to go over Eddie and Linda's city. Love to do that kind of stuff. You better believe I love to do uh, uh, that kind of stuff. But bless your heart. I've got news for you. Just because God's called me to go, it doesn't mean that it's the end of the world. I feel new. I feel vitalized. If you'll get in God's will and let God put a calling on your life, there's some young folks that in here that's never been dealt with because you've never dealt with God about what you even want to do when you get out of school, what you even want to do for your job, vocation in life. All some young ladies know is marry somebody that's kind of good looking, talented if we can, and forget about it. That's a bunch of hogwash. You better seek God and look out a little bit further than your front yard. You better look a little bit further than your back alley. You better look a little bit further than your first 20 years. You better look a little bit further. Did you hear what I said? Good preacher. Hallelujah. Sounds like a graduation coming up. Hallelujah. More like a camp. Shout amen, Sister Ruth. Oh, you still there. Looks pretty. Oh, forget that. Listen, listen. You've got to have the right kind of clothes. And, 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 and that's just all, all there is to it. And you've got to know how to journey. You've got to know how to journey. You've got to know how to do it. The, uh, uh, four basic things. Four basic things when you learn how to journey. Watch close. Ask directions from people who know what you're talking about. Travel light and take the necessities. That's your journey, you're not there. That's your steps. What? Watch closely. You've never been in some places before that you're fixing to go to. On this road to heaven, you've never been there, young folks. Some of you all in the next few months are going to be crossing ground that you have never crossed in your life. Watch close. There's side roads that are pleasing. 
There's avenues that bright lights are shining just around the corner. You watch close. You're not a veteran yet. You've not already been there. Watch close. And when you do get lost, ask directions from somebody that knows. My dad got lost in Nashville, Tennessee. My dad's a terrible driver. He's bad on directions. He's worse than me. I had to marry my wife in order to, to find my way back home. <laughs> I mean, I was lost. I said, I'm terrible on directions. I had never figured out how you can go down this way and hit 275 and go south. I've never figured that out yet, and I've lived here a year. I just can't see it in my mind. I just, I just can't do it. I can't do it. My dad's bad on directions. He pulled into Nashville. I get lost every time I go to Nashville. Uh, I got he pulled in Nashville and pulled up at this gas station. Now, gas station's a pretty good place to ask direction, directions from. Uh, nowadays, it's not real good, but it's best uh, usually is. He pulled up at this gas station and asked directions. He's trying to get to Georgia. And he only got to Tennessee. He's trying to get to Georgia. One hour later, my dad rounded the corner and pulled in at this gas station to ask directions <laughs> to Fayborn. Dad said, I thought about kidnapping that boy until I could get him to the outskirts of Nashville. Ask directions from somebody that knows. Don't you go just following any old head. Don't you go just following anybody in skirts or anybody because they look like a he-man and listen to what they've got, that line they've got to feed you. Don't you listen to somebody just because they may look bigger and better and pat you on the shoulder and treat you nice and flatter you. Bless your heart. You stick with somebody that's already been there and knows where they're going. And you listen to them and you listen to their counsel. And if they wake you across the coals and make you some ad you can't hardly see straight, don't you dare make a move. Don't you dare brace up. You go right ahead and follow the counsel of the wise. You go right ahead and follow that counsel. You listen to what I'm telling you. Don't you just go after any old dog just because it wags its tail and looks nice and black and white. Don't you all do that. Travel light and take the necessities. A lot of folks would make it a lot better if they didn't carry so much with them. I can make it to heaven without one single solitary walk record. I can do it. I can do it. I can make it to heaven without one single solitary. Uh, uh, <laughs> I was going uh, uh, to say, in real shiny, tight, fitting pants. But the way I've been eating, some of mine are getting tight. But I can make it to heaven without yeah, it. Now, don't y'all sit there and look at me kind of crazy. I haven't lost my mind. I'm crazy. I can make it to heaven without one single solitary puff on a cigarette. I don't even have to stick any in my jaw. How can you do it with it? I don't have to have it. I don't have to. I don't have to put none of that down here. I don't have to have it. I can do it. Can you? I can do it. I can go to heaven without one single solitary necklace. <laughs> All that stuff is heavy. Heavy, heavy, heavy. Nasty stuff. Dirty stuff. Hard to handle stuff when you get all that on you. It's hard to make it. 
with all them weights. Did you hear what I said? Best thing for you to do is travel light. Lay down those weights. Travel light. What if, what if uh, you can make it to heaven with all of those things? Well, then, uh, I'm not going to lose nothing because I'm going to make it anyway. What if you can't make it with all of those things? You lose it all. Travel light. And just carry the necessities. Nowadays, the necessities in my family is 14 pairs of shoes. That's mine. Then my wife's shoes. Two suitcases. A rod of clothes. We go to a four-night camp meet and take enough clothes to stay there in case revival broke out for four weeks. I've never seen so much stuff in my life. A lot of folks just carry the necessities, the necessities. And the necessities, many times, is not PTL or 700 Club. You don't have to have that, but you do got to have the Word of God. You do got to have prayer. You don't have to have some of them charismatic writers that you pick up at the bookstore, but you do got to have a fasting life before Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I wish Brother Burkett was here. Hallelujah. Lay down some of those things. And this is it. The journey's end. That's what makes me keep a going. It's not choir practice on Monday nights that keeps me a going. It's the journey's end that keeps me a going. It's not shouting around on the platform that keeps me a going. Because a few times after the shout, there's trials that come along my way. But it's the journey's end that keeps me a going. There's been times that I just felt like throwing up my hands and quitting. But the journey's end kept me a going. The Bible said that Abraham was journeying. And when he died, I guess he saw some of it. But there's a scripture that says that God having provided some better thing for us that without us, it's not going to be quite perfect. I want you to understand this one thing. America is a beautiful place to live, but it doesn't beat heaven. The United States is a wonderful country to live in, but it doesn't beat heaven. We've got some of the most beautiful forests that you'll ever care to drive by, but it does not beat the tree of life that's going to be standing in full bloom when you step off inside of heaven on your first day. We got some of the most beautiful mountain streams that flow down out of the Rocky Mountains. That's the cool that it almost hurts your teeth when you drink it up there on the slopes of Colorado. But it's nothing like the river of life that's going to be a flowing when you step off of the old ship of Zion and step off onto that celestial city. You've never seen nothing like it in your life. Oh, down at the zoo, some of the prettiest animals, white tigers, big old giraffes, great big elephants, slicking slimy snakes, groundhogs out in the backfield, and chipmunks on the lawn. Doesn't hold nothing to the beasts that are around the throne of God. Lifting their voice, lifting their beaks, lifting their heads, opening their wings, crying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. You've never seen nothing like it in your life. My mama, my mama has a pearl. She doesn't wear it anymore. My mama's got a real pearl that a man gives her down at the shop uh, uh, in the town where she works, down at the jewelry.
jewelry shop. And my mom was so proud of that pearl until one day I told her that in the book of Revelation that there's 12 gates and there's solid pearl. They're the prettiest things that you have ever seen in your life. And some of the stones that the women take pride in wearing now, the walls are made out of them. And the gold that people melt out of their mouth and hang around their neck because it's so high here, it's going to be so common that your bare feet are going to dig right in the cracks and you're going to walk on it when you get up there to heaven. Did you hear what I just said? I'm telling you that some of the most beautiful things, some of the greatest oceans, some of the greatest seas that you have ever seen in your life does not compare to the crystal sea that's going to be up there in that land that we're going to. The big Dayton Power Electric plant that I showed my brother that my law that generates the power that lights up most of Dayton doesn't hold a candle to the land that's going to be the right thereof in that city who needs no generators, who needs no Niagara Falls, who needs no mighty Hoover Dams to hold back the current and to send them mighty turbines. I'm telling you that the journey's end is why I feel like traveling on. The end of this race is why I feel like traveling on. Run my shoe leather off. Sweat on until my clothes are salty. Mess up my hair. Run the tires. Come down to the rim. I feel like traveling on. I feel like going. Because the end, the end result, is going to be greater than you have ever seen in your life. Take the mightiest service that you can ever remember here at this church. Multiply it six billion times. That's just a fraction of what your first service is going to be when you get home. <laughs> you know the best part of the whole trip? No more tears. No more folks dying out in the backyard. No more misunderstandings. We've had them. You've had them. Everybody's had them. And I'm tired of them. I'm tired of them. I had a phone call today. <laughs> Never had got one quite like it before. The lady opened up like this. Brother Heights, I'm not going to tell you who I am. I'm not going to tell you where I'm from. But she went on to tell me that, that a friend of hers was mixed up in marriage. And a certain preacher had come and told her that she was going to go to hell. And she was all tore up and all troubled about it. And said that I was her favorite preacher. And this was for her friend, but it wasn't. It was for her. And five minutes into the conversation, I, I didn't know her. I didn't recognize her voice. Five minutes into the conversation, I told her when I was coming. You could hear the pin drop. And I told her who the pastor was. I told Trish, I said, it must have been the Spirit of God. Just flooded over me. She, she said, what did I tell you to reveal that? I said, not a thing. I said, God did. And I said, I in no way going to cross one of my brethren. She wanted me to come over and meet with them at their home. That would have been a cozy setup. 
I told her, I can, I'm not going to do stuff like that. I said, what that man of God told you? I said, I don't know the circumstances. I said, he might have been right. Oh, I get so tired of that kind of stuff. I don't have to do that no more when we get to heaven. I don't have to do it no more. No more. <laughs> no more. No more problems. Thank you, Father. I did my best to preach tonight. What you laid on my heart. I wish I could have preached better my last time here. Maybe my next revival when I come through here will be better. But I did my best to preach on this Wednesday night. That which you spoke to my heart today for this folks. And I wonder if in this congregation tonight if there's a young lady or there's a young man that you're dealing with him right now about stepping out and going great guns for God. Not out on the evangelistic field, but just out of the pew from where they're seated into a new experience with Jesus Christ. I wonder if they're here. If there's some young ladies here that have picked up weight. They don't wear them to church because they know Brother Collins and Brother Hyde preach against them. But when they're out, they have them. Forgetting that God's watching. What if there's some young men in here tonight that you've dealt with them about living more holy, cleaning up their act, cleaning up their life? And they've sat under preaching Brother Collins and Brother Hyde for, since last September and, and four or five years on in front of that for Brother Collins. And they've never measured up. And tonight, God. In the quietness of this unusual Wednesday night service, you're dealing, you're speaking to them. Could it be that a pilgrim has just caught a vision that he's never had before? Could it be that there's a young lady sitting in this congregation, a married man, a married family, that's caught a vision that they have never seen before, and you're dealing with them about stepping out and moving? I would to God it's so. I would to God it's so. Heads are bowed and nobody's looking around. And if I can persuade upon Brother Collins to preach for me Saturday night, this will be my last altar call. For a while, anyway. Are you here and you lift your hand and you say, I don't even have to put words in your mouth. God's dealing with your heart. You know what it's about. You want to slip up your hand? We'll pray for you. I'm not going to put words in your mouth. You girls know. You guys know. I haven't beat my head against the wall for nothing. Brother Collins, he hasn't just slapped his gums to nothing. How about it? Are you in here tonight, sir? And you'd like to get paid? You'd like to get closer to Jesus? Just put your hand right back down. You know me well enough to know I ain't going to come back there. I ain't going to call you out. Oh, he would shake hands with you after church if you don't want to. I need this fellow to get along with you there too. Are you hearing you lift your hand? You need to get closer. You need to get paid. Are you here? Did I miss it again tonight? Am I that far off again tonight? Hand up and right back down. And we're going to pray. Father, there were no hands, none that I could see. You saw every one of them, though, that went up in their mind. Every one of them that knows they need to get right with God, need to get saved, need to live holy, 
is unique to the Listen to the wrong crowd is run with the run with the wrong bunch. Got caught up with friends and left faith. Got caught up with enthusiasm and left old time Bible conviction. Got caught up with somebody paying attention to him. He lost out with a friend that took us closer than a brother. I want you to smile upon our church. I want you to smile upon my church <laughs> tonight, God. We're going to come around the altars and we're going to pray. We're going to seek your face. I wish you'd meet with our young folks special tonight. I wish that you'd help them come. And I wish from their innermost beings that they could cry gushers of tears to draw closer to God. I wish that their eyes would turn to fountains, that their hearts would turn to pumps, that their minds would be open to the moving of the Spirit of God, that they would weep until the carpet was wet, that these young men would cry until it felt like that their insides was crushed and draw closer to God. Would you come? Let's find us a place to pray. Come on, young folks. Let's pray. God, I would that our hearts would turn to come, that our tear ducts would turn to fountains, that we could cry out to God and say, I'm ready, ready to go. Ready to stay, ready to do thy will. I wish all the rest of the young folks could have come tonight. Some of them were busy, some of them were too busy. Some of them moms and dads were too busy. Some just didn't care. But I'm going someplace. This church is going someplace. We are not limited to Hamilton, Ohio. This foundation will come with. And we're going to go to heaven.
Oh, oh, oh. 